The long journey of Solar Impulse 2 is finally over, and aviation history has been made. The solar-powered plane landed in Abu Dhabi, completing the first ever round-the-world flight on an aircraft without using a single drop of oil. This is really a story about determination. July 26, 2016, less than one year ago, a Swiss engineer-slash-businessman named André Borschberg and a Swiss psychiatrist-slash-balloonist named Bertrand Picard completed the first ever around-the-world flight in a solar-powered airplane, the Solar Impulse 2, a machine that could, theoretically, fly forever without ever pausing to refuel. But this wasn't just an adventure. It was a mission to show that we can meet the climate challenge. And it's a mission that Batron Picard is still continuing. I ran into him in late May at the Innovate for Climate Summit in Barcelona, where he launched something called the World Alliance for Efficient Solutions, which aims to identify and fund 1,000 profitable climate change solutions by the end of 2018. Man may be unwittingly changing the world's climate through the waste products of his civilization. There's a group of us now who are proposing that the Earth has actually entered a new epoch, and that is the Anthropocene. We know that the enemy is carbon, and we know it's ugly face. We should put a big fat price on it, and of course, add to that, drop the subsidies. Earth, we broke it, we own it. And nothing is as it was. Not the trees, not the seas, not the forests, farms, or fields. And not the global economy that depends on all of these. But we can restore it, make it better, greener, more resilient, more sustainable. But how? Technology? Geoengineering? Are we doomed to live on a bionic planet? Or is nature itself the answer? That's the question we address in every episode of Bionic Planet, a podcast of the Anthropocene, the new epoch defined by man's impact on Earth. And today we talk to Batron Picard, not because he's the first man to fly around the world in a solar-powered airplane, but because he knows there are others out there just like him with the dreams and know-how to help us meet the climate change challenge, sometimes through high-tech solutions and sometimes by helping us better manage our forests, farms, and fields. The first time we met was uh, about eight years ago at uh, the COP15, I believe, in Copenhagen. You might recognize that voice from last week. It's Michael Mathris of Mutral, who we interviewed in episode 15. I'm opening with him because he and I ran into each other right after I'd interviewed Bertram Picard, and Mathris told me something that I found quite motivational. Uh, we met at an event uh, which I co-organized, and uh, Bertrand was there, and he said, look, you know, I'm going to fly around the world in a solar airplane. And then I was like, well, look, I've got this also a crazy idea. I've got this product that uh, basically can reduce methane emissions from cows. And uh, look at we are here now in 2017 in Barcelona. And Bertrand uh, did his uh, deal. He, he actually flew around the earth uh, in a solar airplane. And uh, I'm here at uh, the uh, Innovate for Climate uh, conference launching Mutual.
It can happen. We can beat this climate thing. And whenever I hear Batrampa Card speak, I feel like it will happen. We will meet the climate challenge. And 100 years from now, the world will be greener and more resilient because our forests, farms, fields, and entire economies will be aligned in sustainable ways. Before we start, I wanted to remind you that if you like what you hear here, 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 that's a here, 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 uh, you can help too by giving me a good rating on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you access my show. Or you can share Bionic Planet with friends. Or the ultimate support, become a patron at bionic-planet.com. I've set the patronage page up so that you can help per episode, but with a monthly cap. So if you think $5 per month is good for a five-episode month, you can pledge $1 per episode, but with a $5 cap. That way, if I don't manage to generate five episodes in a month, you're not paying for something you didn't get. And if I go nuts and deliver 20 episodes one month, you won't get whacked either. By the same token, you can offer $5 per episode, or 10 or 50 or whatever. I won't complain. I've also changed things a bit this year. I'm aiming to mostly do interview-based episodes for now, but given the complexity of the material, I'll be interjecting occasionally to clarify certain concepts. It's a hybrid between a straight interview and a feature package, although I still think that in-depth, documentary-style features with multiple voices and some story structure are the best way to tell complex stories. Unfortunately, they do take a lot of time to construct, more time than I have right now, and they require the help of a good sound technician to do them right. Until I can afford that, I'm concentrating on generating these simpler, single-issue, single-guest podcasts. And now, without further ado, Bertrand Picard, who I'd caught up to on the sidelines of Innovate for Climate right after seeing him discuss this new venture. It was so new to me that I couldn't even remember what it was called. So it's called the World Alliance for Efficient Solutions which is now created by the Solar Impulse Foundation. And the goal is to bring 1,000 profitable solutions for the environment by the end of 2018. Because what I've noticed is that on one side, you have trillions of dollars ready to be invested. People don't know where to invest. And on the other side, you have a lot of individuals, startups, universities, or big companies who have products, process, uh, systems, solutions, clean technologies that can help to protect the environment. They help to protect the environment, but if they were implemented, they would also create jobs, they would make profit, they would sustain growth. So the goal now of the Solar Impulse Foundation is to bring these two groups of people together. So the Solar Impulse Foundation is like a fire, and in the pot, you have all the solutions, the investors, the media, and by bringing them together, it makes some steam, and the steam will go to the governments who need solutions to reach their environmental targets. We start with 1,000 solutions in a year and a half, which is not too bad because the goal is to reach the people, uh, make an expertise of their solutions, we need to be sure they are reliable, they are credible, they are profitable. And then they come into the list of the 1,000 solutions. And we will bring these 1,000 solutions to the COP24, end of 2018. 
A quick interjection. The COP24 that he is referring to there is the 24th meeting of the Conference of the Parties to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, which is the formal name for the year-end climate talks that will take place in 2018 in Katowice, Poland, a former coal and steel center. Climate talks, by the way, continue year-round. We just wrapped up mid-year talks in Bonn, Germany, which is where this year's year-end talks are also taking place. Now, back to the interview. Then we'll go for more thousand solutions. But let's start with this, because I think it's really important that the population and the investors know that there are really a lot of solutions. Usually, what do you hear? You hear that the solution is solar energy, wind energy, hydroelectricity, biomass, and maybe geothermy. And then people stop. They don't understand that the goal is not to produce more energy, even if it's clean. The goal is to reduce the waste of energy. The goal is to be energy efficient. It's to save energy. It's to store energy. This is where you will have probably uh, 995 of the 1,000 solutions, because the rest is well known. Mm -hmm. So the focus is going to be energy efficiency, or will there be other areas that you're looking into? Every solution that is profitable to protect the environment. Mm -hmm. If it's not profitable, if it needs subsidies, you have a lot of resistance of a lot of political parties. But if it is profitable, it will be a goal, of course, for the industry and for the economy, as well as for the environmentalists and the green parties. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You had talked earlier today about the importance of, of communicating the climate challenge not as a, a threat, but as an opportunity. How did this epiphany come to you? How did you come to this conclusion? Originally, I'm a psychiatrist. I'm a medical doctor. Mm -hmm. So I try to understand how people react. And if you tell to the population about huge problems with climate change, all the droughts, the floods, the tropical disease invading Europe, the rise of sea level and millions of climate refugees, what's the reaction of the population? They don't want to hear about it because it's too big. Mm -hmm. It's a, such a big disaster that a normal individual does not know how to participate to the fight against climate change. So they disconnect mm -hmm. or they are mm -hmm. depressed <laughs> or they refuse to hear about it. Mm -hmm. So let's change the paradigm. Stop to speak about the problem that depresses everybody and start to speak about the solutions mm -hmm. that will give hope. Mm -hmm. it, will give, it will give optimism because people will say, wow, we can really do something, each one at his level. You can insulate your house. You can drive a hybrid car. Or if you're a world banker, you can invest in new startups or new companies who have solutions. Everybody finds its part mm -hmm. that makes him optimist and makes him really more uh, actor of mm -hmm. the future instead of victim of the situation. Yeah, yeah. I know it's really interesting. I, looking at some of these solutions on on the agriculture front, I don't know if you if you've had a chance to to dig into that, but. Uh, uh, you know, I, I've had a chance to visit a lot of these small farms in Kenya where partly by using carbon finance, they've been able to adapt agroforestry. And it's absolutely amazing to see what you plant some trees on the farm. The trees are pulling in nitrogen. All of a sudden, the, your yields double, triple sometimes. Um, uh, is, is, that, is that an area that you've been looking into with this or that you have looked into, this whole land use um, component? Today, 
the people who apply to be a member of the World Alliance for Efficient mm -hmm. Solutions come from everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, some come from the world of energy, but there are a lot of people who come from the world of agri agriculture, and uh, they are bringing solutions not only for reforestation, but also to reduce uh, the amount of methane produced mm -hmm. by the cows, how to use the waste to produce biomass, mm -hmm. uh, because it's clear that you cannot, ethically speaking, produce energy with food, mm -hmm. but you can produce energy with waste. Mm -hmm. You can use the land on the double-decker. You, you produce food in greenhouses, and on the top of the greenhouse, you have solar panels. Yeah. You can also give access to wind farms for the, for the farmers. Mm -hmm. So the farmer can produce milk, can produce wheat, can produce cereals, can produce uh, meat, but they also produce energy, mm -hmm. which is a good way to maybe increase their, their, their income. So you, you have so many ways to do. So what we do is that we are open and receptive to the people who are working on solutions or people who have ideas. Mm -hmm. Then they come to us. They apply to be a member. It's for free. Mm -hmm. We don't ask anything to the members except signing a charter that proves that they have the same concerns for the ethics, for the environment, and for the United Nations Sustainable Goals. Mm -hmm. And once they are members, we put them in contact with experts who will make the credibility of the solution. We can put them in contact with investors. We put them in contact with media. So their solution can be promoted, can be funded in a credible way. Okay. So they can come from, from anywhere. Uh, you know, I, I give you an example that shows that big companies have really interesting solutions. Nestle, in the industry of powder milk, Mm -hmm. They have found a way to use the liquid part of the milk when they make the powder milk mm -hmm. to replace water for their uh, plant. Mm -hmm. So it's used for, to flush the toilet. <laughs> it's used as water for uh, heating or cooling. Mm -hmm. They can have a plant that is zero water consumer. Mm -hmm. They just use the, the water from the milk. It, it's great. You have Covestro. Mm -hmm. who is now producing a system to reduce by 30% the energy need to produce chlorine. Mm -hmm. It's huge consumption yeah, of energy yeah. to produce chlorine. They save 30% of energy in it. Mm -hmm. You have Solve, who is working on light materials because everything that is lighter consumes less energy. Mm -hmm. So uh, they have a uh, production of carbon fiber for airplanes. Mm -hmm. You see, you have Engie. Engie mm. is a company in France that is now getting all their investment out of fossil energy in order to invest only in renewable energy. Mm -hmm. You have Air Liquide, who is working now on storing energy from renewable sources into hydrogen. Mm -hmm. So you, you have all these solutions. Mm -hmm. Let, let's, let's make them better known. Uh, even if it's big companies, you have so much reluctance from population because they don't know that it is modern, that it's clean, that it's environmental friendly, that it's credible, it's reliable, it's profitable. Mm -hmm. Our goal 
at the Solar Impulse Foundation with the World Alliance for in, uh, Efficient Solutions is to make it known. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's say I'm, I'm a, a company or a startup and I want to participate in this. How, do I, how would I find you? It's a website? Or you go on the website of Solar Impulse, mm-hmm. you click on the World Alliance, and then you have a charter to sign to show that you share the same values than the World Alliance. And then you have a questionnaire you have just to answer the questions, who are you, what are you doing, which type of solutions, and so on. And then you can apply to, to become a member. Okay. And we will have the founding assembly at COP23 in Bonn next okay. November, where the members will be officially introduced as members because we have to accept the statutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to r- it will be the founding assembly. It's right, going to right. be a great moment, and we're going to do it with the United Nations as one of the important events of COP23. Okay. So I could go, I could become a member as a media. You can become a member if you bring a solution, or if you want to support the clean technological solutions. Okay. Because all the people who are not clearly involved in technology, but they want to support it, to speak about it, to spread the message, mm-hmm. they are more than welcome also to be members. Okay. So you can become a member. That's for sure. Okay. And and if I were someone with a new technology. Uh, that, um, that wanted to get support. How, how would that proceed? I would, I would become a member, and then my, my new technology, if I become one of the thousand, you would take it and you would pass the business case around. How, how, would you then, how do you see the promotion of these entities evolving? Yeah, the, the promotion will be made by taking the best mm-hmm. 1,000 solutions and put them into the catalog that we will bring to the governments that we will show to the media. Mm-hmm. So everyone who wants to invest will know that in this huge pot that the fire of Solar Impulse Foundation is heating up, you mm-hmm. know, it's going to cook all together. And uh, the result is like the steam mm-hmm. getting out, going to the, to the governments. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will go to the governments depending on their economical, social, geographical situation and tell them, you see, for you, we have this type of solutions because mm-hmm. it's not the same for Ethiopia or for New York mm-hmm. or for uh, Paris. So these are the solutions that we believe are profitable for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you are not going to speak so much of insulation of buildings in Tanzania. Mm-hmm. But in Tanzania, what's important will be how to store the solar energy in order mm-hmm. to use it at night or when there is no sun, for example. Right. And here, there is one of our future members, Ecotech Ceram, who has found a way to produce ceramics with industrial waste. And they have containers that are insulated, and the ceramics inside can be heated to 1,000 degrees. Mm-hmm. So this can produce hot water and steam to make a turbine mm-hmm. produce electricity at night, for example. Gotcha, okay. Uh, you have uh, biomass uh, power plants that can be introduced in Tanzania. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, in a big city, you will work more on smart grid, on insulation of buildings, of clever ways to store energy, and, uh, and things like that. So each one has its own needs. And our goal will be to classify the solutions according to the needs of everybody. And of course... We can also work actively, proactively. There is a little foundation that is not well known in Chile who wants to implement a recycling industry because there's no recycling industry for the waste in Chile. Mm -hmm. So we can go actively to the ministers. We say, okay, 
this company, this foundation is a member of the World Alliance. We support it. It's credible. And we can organize meetings for them. We can organize interviews for them and things like that. How many applicants do you have so far? Or, or have you just gotten started? Do you have... You have, you have uh, I asked the question to my team three days ago. There are about 200 mm-hmm. applicants already now. And uh, they're just coming. And mm-hmm. we're hiring more people because we need to be more... Uh, uh, we need to answer quicker uh, mm-hmm. because uh, there are so many people who want to be part of the alliance now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's really the interesting moment where we are creating something from scratch. Yeah, There's nothing like this existing yeah. in the world. A lot of people tell me it's impossible, but <laughs> this is the stimulation for me. Yeah, I was told the same thing when I wanted to fly around the world in a balloon nonstop. I was told the same thing when I initiated the Solar Impulse project flying with a solar-powered airplane around the world. So I love when people tell me it's impossible because it will attract pioneers. All the people who come as members now, as investors, they are pioneers. They are people who want to do something new. They want to innovate. They want to create a new business case. So it's it's so interesting. I, I'm really, it's in the, the phase of the project I love. Mm-hmm. Do you have plans to actively solicit in, uh, projects from developing countries? Um, Every project can join Mm -hmm. and every person can join if the project is profitable and environmental friendly. Mm -hmm. So, uh, of course, there are a lot of them in developing countries. Um, It's not really developing countries, but to give you an example, uh, we have an MOU now with the Union for Mediterranean Mm -hmm. because also the countries from North Africa have some really interesting solutions that are not well known and we want to make them better known. Mm-hmm. And if really uh, poor countries want to join, it's really with pleasure that we welcome them because today so many countries are poor because they spend a lot of money to have fossil energies that is just wasted with inefficiency. Mm-hmm. Imagine if they would create their own sources of power. It's absolutely fantastic. And if they are more efficient in using them, in very poor countries, you can have solar heaters that will replace the wood that is cut in the forest and creating div- uh, desertification. Yeah. yeah. So much of that, w- what's, what's being done in developing countries is procedural. Uh, you know, it's not so much a product as it is a process that can be presented to people. The example I touched on before, agroforestry. Um, you know, it's not necessarily a new technology, but it is, but it is, a, it, it is a labor-intensive process. Uh, I, I, an example, the Livelihoods Fund. Do you know about them that Dannon created? They're now going out and they're investing in small farmers, helping them develop agroforestry projects because the agroforestry will generate carbon offsets over time. Dannon also gets extra milk from the cows. The, the solutions don't need to be completely new and revolutionary uh, solutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can be solutions that are used since 50 years but people don't know it. Mm-hmm. You know, usually if you want to invest m- your money, what do you do? You, you take the newspaper, you see the list of shares and the companies where to invest or the list of bonds or the list of funds and you have three, four pages in the newspaper and you say, okay, which one are profitable? And it's a little bit a gamble, especially mm-hmm. today because uh, stock, up, uh, stock exchange market goes up or down. It's like a casino. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we want to do is to have this list of 1,000 solutions and show to the investors that these solutions are profitable and they can invest in that. Mm -hmm. Even as a startup, as venture capital, or big companies where you buy shares, uh, but you know that it's 
there are companies that will make the profit in that new field. So even old solutions are more than welcome because there are a lot of common sense solutions that have not made their way to the awareness of the investors. Okay. I know I know that you're pressed for time and we're right up against the, the limit here. Is there anything that you feel is important that, that you want to say? Everything I told you about the World Alliance for Efficient Solutions that is now created by the Solar Impulse Foundation is the second step of the Solar Impulse project. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I initiated the Solar Impulse project of flying around the world in a solar airplane, the goal was to bring credibility to clean tech solutions. So now it's done. I can move ahead. Mm-hmm. But it was always in my mind, not just to make an aviation first, not just to break records, but to use a spectacular adventure to promote clean technology solutions. So now I'm really in the middle of what I was hoping to be able to do since I'm working on the, on the solar airplane. So now I'm really in the middle of interesting things and I'm, I'm very happy to be able to do it. Okay, great. Thanks a lot. Most welcome. Yeah. That's aviator and psychologist Batram Picard of the World Alliance for Efficient Solutions, wrapping up this episode of Bionic Planet. You can find out more about the Alliance in the show notes for episode 16 of Bionic Planet at bionic-planet.com. And you can join the Alliance at his own site, alliance.solarimpulse.com. I just put in an application myself. I'll be adapting this interview into an article for Ecosystem Marketplace, which I'll also add to the show notes. My site again, bionic-planet.com. This is episode 16. And the show notes will be evolving as I build the full article for Ecosystem Marketplace and fold that in. And again, if you like the work I'm doing, be sure to let others know about it and give me a good review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you access podcasts. You can also become a patron on bionic-planet.com. If enough of you help me out with just $1 an episode, I can take the time to do these right. Trust me, they can be a lot better or at least more frequent, and your support can make them so. Our next episode will feature Mike Berry, Sustainability Director for Marks & Spencer, a UK retailer that's celebrating 10 years of Plan A, a complete restructuring of their supply chain that recognizes the fact that there is no Planet B. Until then, I'm Steve Zwick in Chicago. Thanks for listening.